Section 32 of English Costume. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. English Costume by Dion Clayton Calthrop. Section 32. William and Mary. Reigned thirteen years, 1689 to 1702. The king, born in 1650, the queen, born in 1662, married in 1677. The men. First and foremost, the wig. Periwig, peruke, campaign wig with pole locks or dildos, all the rage, all the thought of the first gentleman. Their heads loaded with curl upon curl, long ringlets hanging over their shoulders and down their backs, some brown, some covered with meal until their coats looked like miller's coats, scented hair almost hiding the loose-tied cravat, most agreeably discoloured with snuff from top to bottom. My fine gentleman walking the street with the square-cut coat, open to show a fine waistcoat, his stick hanging by a ribbon on to his wrist and rattling on the pavement as it dragged along, his hat carefully perched on his wig, the crown made wide and high to hold the two wings of curls which formed a negligent central parting. His pockets, low down in his coat, show a lace kerchief half dropping from one of them. One hand is in a small muff, the other holds a fine silver-gilt box filled with Vigo snuff. He wears high-heeled shoes, red-heeled, perhaps, and the tongue of his shoe sticks up well above the instep. Probably he is on his way to the theatre, where he will comb his periwig in public and puff away the clouds of powder that come from it. The fair lady in a side-box, who hides her face behind a mask, is delighted if Sir Beau will bow to her. We are now among most precise people. One must walk here with just such an air of artificiality as will account one a fellow of high tone. The more enormous is our wig, the more frequently we take a pinch of violet Strasbourg, or best Brazil, orangery, bergamot, or jessamena, the more shall we be followed by persons anxious to learn the fashion. We may even draw a little silver bowl from our pocket, place it on a seat by us, and, in meditative mood, spit therein. We have gone completely into skirted coats and big flapped waistcoats. We have adopted the big cuff buttoned back. We have given up altogether the wide knee-breeches, and wear only breeches not tight to the leg, but just full enough for comfort. The hats have altered considerably now. They are cocked up at all angles turned off the forehead, turned up one side, turned up all round. Some are fringed with gold or silver lace, others are crowned with feathers. We hear of such a number of claret-coloured suits that we must imagine that colour to be all the rage, and, in contrast to other times not long gone by, we must stiffen ourselves in buckram-lined skirts. These powdered Absaloms could change themselves into very fine fighting creatures, and look twice as sober again when occasion demanded. They rode about the country in periwigs, certainly, but not quite so bushy and curled. 
Many of them took to the travelling or campaign wig with the dildos or pole locks. These wigs were full over the ears and at the sides of the forehead, but they were low in the crown, and the two front ends were twisted into single pipes of hair, or the pipes of hair at the side were entirely removed, and one single pipe hung down the back. The custom of thus twisting the hair at the back, and there holding it with a ribbon, gave rise to the later pigtail. The periwigs so altered were known as short bobs, the bob being the fullness of the hair by the cheeks of the wig. The cuffs of the coat-sleeve varied to the idea and taste of the owner of the coat. Sometimes the sleeve was widened at the elbow to eighteen inches, and the cuffs, turned back to meet the sleeves, were wider still. Two, three, or even more buttons held the cuff back. The pockets on the coats were cut vertically and horizontally, and these also might be buttoned up. Often the coat was held by only two center buttons, and the waistcoat flaps were not buttoned at all. The men's and women's muffs were small, and often tied and slung with ribbons. Plain round riding coats were worn, fastened by a clasp or a couple of large buttons. The habit of tying the neckcloth in a bow with full hanging ends was dying out, and a more loosely tied cravat was being worn. This was finished with fine lace ends, and was frequently worn quite long. Stockings were pulled over the knee, and were gartered below and rolled above it. The ordinary citizen wore a modified edition of these clothes, plain in cut, full, without half the number of buttons, and without the tremendous periwig, wearing merely his own hair long. For convenience in riding, the skirts of the coats were slit up the back to the waist. This slit could be buttoned up if need be. Now let us give the dandy of this time his pipe, and let him go in peace. Let us watch him stroll down the street, planting his high heels carefully, to join two companions outside the tobacco shop. Here, by the great carved wood figure of a smoking Indian with his kilt of tobacco leaves, he meets his fellows. From the hoop hung by the door one chooses a pipe, another asks for a quid to chew and a spittoon, the third calls for a paper of snuff newly rasped. Then they pull aside the curtains and go into the room behind the shop, where, seated at a table made of planks upon barrels, they will discuss the merits of smoking, chewing, and snuffing. We three are engaged in one cause. I snuffs, I smokes and I chaws. THE WOMEN Let me picture for you a lady of this time in the language of those learned in dress, and you will see how much it may benefit. We see her coming afar off, against the yew hedge her weeds shine for a moment. We see her figuretto gown well looped and puffed with the Montelahon. Her echelle is beautiful, and her pinner exquisitely worked. We can see her commode, her topknot, and her fontage, for she wears no rayonne. A silver pin holds her meurtrières, and the fashion suits better than did the crève-cœur. One hand holds her Saxon-green muffle-tea, under one arm is her chapeau-bras. She is beautiful, she needs no plumpers, and she regards us kindly with her watchet eyes. A lady of this date would read this and enjoy it just as a lady of to-day 
would understand modern dress language, which is equally peculiar to the mere man. For example, this one of the Queen of Spain's hats from her trousseau, curiously enough a trousseau is a little bundle, the hat is a paille de taille, trimmed with a profusion of pink roses, accompanied by a pink chiffon ruffle fashioned into masses bouillonnet, arranged at intervals, and circled with wreaths of shaded roses. The modern terms, so vaguely used, are shocking, and the descriptive names given to colours by dress artists are horrible beyond belief, such as Watteau Pink and Elephant Grey, not to speak of Sèvres Blue Cherries. However, the female mind delights in such jargon and hotchpotch. Let me be kind enough to translate our William and Mary fashion language. Weeds is a term still in use in widow's weeds, meaning the entire dress appearance of a woman. A figuretto gown looped and puffed with the mon la haut is a gown of figured material gathered into loops over the petticoat and stiffened out with wires mon la haut. The echelle is a stomacher laced with ribbons in rungs like a ladder. Her pinner is her apron. The commode is the wire frame over which the curls are arranged, piled up in high masses over the forehead. The top knot is a large bow worn at the top of the commode, and the fontage, or tower, is a French arrangement of alternate layers of lace and ribbon raised one above another about half a yard high. It was invented in the time of Louis the Fourteenth, about 1680, by Mademoiselle Fontage. The rayon is a cloth hood pinned in a circle. The meurtriers, or murderers, are those twists in the hair which tie or unloose the arrangements of curls, and the crève-cours are the row of little forehead curls of the previous reign. A muffetee is a little muff, and a chapeau-bras is a hat never worn, but made to be carried under the arm by men or women, for the men hated to disarrange their wigs. Plumpers were artificial arrangements for filling out the cheeks, and watchet eyes are blue eyes. The ladies have changed a good deal by the middle of this reign. They have looped up the gown till it makes side panniers and a bag-like droop at the back. The undergown has a long train, and the bodice is long-waisted. The front of the bodice is laced open, and shows either an arrangement of ribbon and lace, or a piece of the material of the undergown. Black pinners in silk with a deep frill are worn, as well as the white lace and linen ones. The ladies wear short black capes of this stuff with a deep frill. Sometimes, instead of the fontage, a lady wears a lace shawl over her head and shoulders, or a sort of lace cap bedizened with coloured ribbons. Her sleeves are like a man's, except that they come to the elbow only, showing a white undersleeve of lace gathered into a deep frill of lace just below the elbow. She is very stiff and tight-laced, and very long in the waist, and at the waist, where the gown opens and at the loopings of it, the richer wear jewelled brooches. Later in the reign there began a fashion for copying men's clothes, and ladies wore wide-skirted coats with deep-flapped pockets, the sleeves of the coats down below the elbow, and with deep-turned overcuffs. They wore, like the men, very much puffed and ruffled linen and lace at the wrists. Also they wore men's waistcoat fashions, carried sticks and little arm hats, chapeau bras. 
To complete the dress, the hair was done in a bobwig style, and the cravat was tied round their necks and pinned. For the winter, one of those loose Dutch jackets, lined and edged with fur, having wide sleeves. The general tendency was to look Dutch, stiff, prim, but very prosperous, even the country-maid in her best is close upon the heel of fashion with her laced bodice, sleeves with cuffs, apron, and high-heeled shoes. End of section 32. Read by Kara Schallenberg, www.kray.org, in March 2011, in San Diego, California.